in his perfect omniscience, God orchestrated a virgin birth by, by the Holy Spirit, thereby allowing Jesus Christ to truly be fully God and fully man. Thanks again for joining us here today at Live in the Light. I'm your host, Craig Turnbull, and with me in studio is our teacher, Pastor Robbie Simons. And today's message, we continue on an examination of the person of Jesus Christ. Today's message is a golden message, and we're praying that God would lift your hearts in a greater love and affection for the Savior. Listen, if God's been working in your life and challenging you through this deep and heavy doctrinal series, we would encourage you to check us out online at liveinthelight.ca and drop a note of encouragement or get a copy of today's message or even to check out the unique resource that we're offering to all of you entitled our Roundtable Discussion, where Pastor Robbie and others sit down in a videoed conference and begin to discuss these truths and how they apply so richly and so deeply in our lives. So listen, loved ones, we're praying for a great day as you have your hearts and your minds opened with a greater love and a greater knowledge of Jesus Christ. Here again, our teacher, Pastor Robbie. I'm there, Luke chapter one, verse 35. Luke chapter one, verse 35. Here's the explanation of what happened at this conception of Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man. Luke 1, verse 35. So Mary is told that she will give birth to the Son of God. And she's like, fair and I'm fairly, she's like, well, how? Uh, I'm a virgin. That's a fair question. Um, the angel Gabriel in verse 35 answers her and explains to her. Gabriel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you what exactly is happening there, we can't fully understand. But we know God's work. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, notice this, therefore the child to be born will be called holy. You see, see, so, so the difference here, Jesus Christ conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of Mary, this is what separates him from you and I. This is what makes him holy. This is where he be called holy, um, the son of God. Now, I can't spend a ton of time on this, but I want to address it. The virgin birth of Jesus Christ, this breaks the line of Adam to Jesus. Jesus did not have an earthly father like every single one of us do. You say, why is that so important? Because, because it's important because every person ever born has been born from Adam. And because we're born from Adam, we have, it's called original sin, inherited guilt or legal guilt. Every person ever born has descended ultimately from Adam and therefore we are born in sin. We are born with sin. Why David says in Psalm 51, my mother conceived me in sin, he says. Because that's what happens with every human being who again has descended from Adam. Every person ever born in sin except for Jesus Christ. See, this is why as cute as your little babies are, 
Uh, they will learn to sin very quickly. Why? Because they are born with sin. They don't need to be taught to that. It's their nature and their nature coming from their original sin, again, descending from Adam, the guilt they have inherited. And again, which we all prove uh, very quickly. So this is what Gabriel is explaining to Mary. The reason for the holiness of Jesus is that the line of Adam has been broken. It has been interrupted. The Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary and, and disrupted the transmission of sin. Now, let's be careful here. This does not mean, you still with me? I hope you are, this is important stuff. I got one nod over here. Uh-oh, uh-oh, all right. Lord, help us, help us, help us. This does not mean that the transmission of sin only comes through the Father. We gotta be careful because scripture doesn't teach us that. And the fair question then becomes, well, he did not come from Joseph, but what about Mary? Mary had sin as well. What we say from this text is the conception by the Holy Spirit protects Christ from inherited sin in a way we cannot fully articulate. And again, if you are thinking, you would ask, well, Mary's sin, then how do we explain that? Some of you grew up in the Catholic Church where you were taught that Mary had no sin. That's how they get around it. And you say, what's up with that? The answer to that will be on the round table this Wednesday. All right, I want you to listen to that, by the way, because I can't get into all this, but obviously, and this is what the Catholic Church has done, to say it very, very briefly, and they have said, well, Mary was without sin. So the immaculate conception is actually referring to Mary's conception, not Jesus. You understand that? And they're teaching that then Mary's without sin in her mother's womb. But then the problem with that is what about Mary's mother? And what about Mary's grandmother? And then the Bible doesn't teach that. I mean, Mary herself says, I need my savior. I mean, she's like, my God, my savior. She needs to be rescued from her own sin. It's ridiculous to try to teach something that Mary herself was sinless. More to come this week. I won't get into that right now in its fullness, all right? The key here, overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, Jesus had a human birth, but he was free from inherited sin, allowing him to be fully God and fully man. Here's the second thing, we'll move more, more quickly now. Uh, Jesus had a human body. Jesus had a human body. He's fully man, a human body. Remember, um, he had a human body like everyone else. Sometimes we forget this. Remember Jesus Christ born as a baby? Guess what? He grew. And, uh, you know, uh, he grew in height. And he had to learn to walk. And he had to learn to talk. In Luke chapter 2, verse 40, it says regarding Jesus, he grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom. We know in scripture, Jesus Christ hungered. Jesus Christ uh, thirsted. We know that Jesus Christ grew tired. He became exhausted at times. We know this, Jesus Christ had a human body because he died. He died a human death. Remember too, when Jesus was raised from the dead, this is awesome. When Jesus was raised from the dead, he was raised in his human body. He tells the disciples, he's like, give me fish to eat. Uh, spirits and ghosts can't eat. He's like, come and touch my hands. You can't touch a spirit or a ghost. He's like, he's like, check out the flesh and my bones. He went out of his way to let them know he was in a physical resurrected body. This is why the doctrine of the ascension is in every important creed in the history of the church. 
Think about this, the ascension of Christ, he is raised to heaven in his physical resurrected body and the same body, but in the newness now and, and untainted by death, he ascends in his physical body to heaven. Why is that so important? Because that tells us that Jesus, his humanity will endure for all of eternity, okay? This means that when you get to heaven, you'll be able to physically hug Jesus, You'll be able to touch him. You will see him. You will hold him. He will come for you. That is so awesome, right? And this is why in Revelation chapter five, when John in his, in his vision, he says, I saw a lamb standing, lamb is Jesus, standing as though he had been slain. Jesus is about to come and rescue the world, defeat his enemies and take those who love him. I saw a lamb standing as though he had been slain. Why does it look as though he had been slain? It's the scars from the cross the scars from the cross on his hands and feet. For all of eternity, you will see your savior as the song says, it's so beautiful. Oh, to see my name written in his wounds. You will see the death that he paid for you and the scars on his hands, on his feet for all of eternity. Awesome? Awesome. Jesus Christ had a physical body, a human body, and he will always have a human body. Thirdly, Jesus had a human mind. Jesus had a human mind. Luke chapter two, verse 52 says, Jesus increased in wisdom. So his mind grew as a human. Remember again, as, a, as an infant, as a toddler, he learned to talk. He had to learn his alphabet. He had to learn to read. He had to learn to write. This is part of his full humanity. This is the things that he was uh, doing as a, a man, fully God, yet fully man. Remember too that Jesus on earth, he did not know when he himself would return. It's part of his humanity. This is where it's hard. It's hard. Fully God and fully man. And yet he says, the angels don't know. The son doesn't know. Only the father knows when the son of man will return. It's part of his humanity. It's part of understanding that he was like us, yet he was God at the same time. Fourthly, uh, Jesus experienced human temptation in the wilderness. I was saying in Matthew chapter four, the, the immense temptation that he has, yet he did not sin. Uh, I suggest you too in the garden of Gethsemane, his temptation to give up. Father, is there any other way but not my will, but your will be done, he eventually says, amazing. You see, he is, he is fully man. He experiences the temptation that we experienced. Fifthly, Jesus had human emotions. Remember, Jesus wept. Jesus cried. Jesus' his soul was deeply troubled. Jesus felt deep sorrow. The Bible tells us Jesus marveled at faith. He marveled at a lack of faith. Hear this, Jesus knows what it is to feel the things that we feel. Question can be asked, did Jesus laugh? I think he did. I, I can't give you a, a, a scripture, but I think God invented laughter. And I have to, I mean, what kid at some point in his life doesn't laugh? And I know Jesus was stricken with sorrows. I, I, I know that. I can't show you a verse. I just have to believe that Jesus smiled every now and then. And then he laughed. The point is that he experienced human emotions. Uh, sixthly, Jesus practiced spiritual disciplines. These are things we got to remember. Remember Jesus prayed? Like he really prayed. He prayed really hard. He knew what it was to depend upon his father, even though he was fully God. You know, Jesus went to church, huh? Well, synagogue. But he went to church. 
Jesus memorized scripture. How do you know? It's like every word he said was scripture. From memory. Jesus practiced solitude. Went off by himself to seek his father. Jesus received the fullness of God's spirit. Remember that? Jesus himself filled with the fullness of the spirit of God. Even upon his baptism. Strengthening him for his ministry. Fully God, yet fully man. It's amazing how much we sit here and we see how we love Jesus Christ. The amazing essence of Christ. Now, Here's though, it's even more staggering. For the first 30 years of Jesus' life, he is fully God and fully man. Yet hardly anyone even notices the Bible tells us that his brothers were really trying to get him to fail. It says, and they did not believe in him. Other people are like, isn't this Joseph's son? Isn't the son of the carpenter? I mean, why should we think he's anything different than the rest of us? For 30 years of his life, he is living in a one-bedroom house, I suggest to you, with multiple siblings, and they didn't see that he was God. You're like, how is that possible? I mean, how do you fully explain that? But here's one illustration that's, that's very helpful. Let's just say that... Um, my shirt here represents the divinity of Jesus, all right? I could have worn a white shirt, but it messes up our cameras, all right? So this is the next brightest thing I could find, all right? This represents the divinity of Jesus Christ. Now, here's a jacket. And let's say that this jacket now represents the humanity of Jesus Christ. Now, does the fact that I'm wearing this jacket and diminish at all the fact that I'm wearing a shirt as well? And the answer is no. But what just happened there was before you could see the full divinity, so to speak, but now I put on humanity and now mostly what you see is humanity and just a little bit of the divinity. This is what Jesus was doing when he was on earth, okay? Just because there were glimpses of his divinity does not diminish at all the fact that he was fully God at the same time. I feel like a watch salesman right now, all right? Okay. You get what I'm saying here? Humanity, divinity, while on earth. Listen, when he comes back for his return, uh, there'll be no doubting, all right? There'll be no question. It'll be bam, here comes Jesus, man. Fully God and fully man, but his divinity will be in full, awesome glory as he comes to conquer sin once and for all or to save those who've already been set free from sin and to defeat Satan and all his demons. That's gonna be an awesome thing, right? This helps us though. I sense you guys want to give praise to God. I sense that. You know what I mean? Amen. You want to do that? Amen. Amen. I do too. Amen. Amen. That's part of what needs to happen within this series as well. But again, again, just because others didn't see it doesn't diminish that he wasn't it. Jesus Christ, fully man and fully God. Amazing and remarkable. But here's a very important question for us in this doctrine. Why was his humanity so necessary? Like we understand his divinity maybe more clearly, but why did he, why was it essential that he was fully man? Again, six reasons. And these will be on the screen for you. They're also in your outline. These are very, very important. Here's why Jesus had to be fully man as well. And it really comes down to, it's about us. It's love for us. The reason he had to be fully human, number one, to be our representative. See, just as Adam represented us all in sin, okay, you, you got to know that. What scripture teaches, Adam represents us in sin, becoming our sin. We become sin because of Adam's sin, ultimately. Jesus is our representative in holiness, in righteousness. Adam represents us in sin. Jesus is sent to represent us um, in righteousness. If he wasn't fully man, he could not represent us. You like you got a scripture for that? Yes. Romans chapter five, verse 18. Look how clear this is. 
Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, Adam and Eve, okay? That's Adam. So one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. That's Jesus. See, one man's sin, we all sin. One man's righteousness, we have the opportunity to be saved in that. For as by the one man's disobedience, Adam, the many were made sinners because of Adam, so the one man's obedience, Christ, the many will be made righteous, Jesus Christ, believers who trusted him for their salvation. If Christ isn't fully man, he cannot represent us as man in righteousness. A reason number two, um, Jesus had to be fully man to be our substitute. This makes sense from the last thing we just heard. Again, only someone who is fully man could die in our place and pay the penalty of our sins. He had to be fully man to die for man. Jesus didn't come to die for angels. Jesus came to die for man. Again, therefore, he had to become man to die as man. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 16 on the screen for you. Therefore, he, Christ, had to be made like his brothers in every respect. That's us. Christ had to be made like us in every respect that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God. Here's most important to make propitiation, to bear the wrath of God, to become our sacrifice, to be our substitute for our sins. You see that? He had to be made like us in order to substitute for us. This is the glory of the doctrine of the gospel found within the doctrine of Christ. Thirdly, why his humanity was necessary. He had to be our mediator, to be our mediator. This is so awesome. A mediator is one who stands between two parties bringing reconciliation. That's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ stands between us who are sinful and God who is holy. And Jesus Christ is the mediator that brings us together if we receive his gift by faith. See, see in, 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 in Eden, God and man, they are, they are in harmony. Sin comes and bang, the chasm's here and man tries to run and jump to God but because of sin, they always fall into the chasm of death. Man cannot get to God apart from a mediator. This is why Jesus Christ then came. We needed someone who could represent us to God and who could represent God to us. Loved ones, there's only one person ever who could fulfill that requirement, representing us to God and representing God to us. It's Jesus Christ, right? Jesus Christ, being fully man, he represents us to God, and being fully God, he represents God to us. Isn't that amazing? Are you following this? I mean, this is the mediator, Jesus Christ. First Timothy chapter two, amen. We wanna clap, we clap in this church, amen. First Timothy two, look at it. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. The man who was fully God, yet fully man. We're sinners, God is holy, he is awesome. We can't get there. Hence the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ comes allowing us to walk the bridge now of righteousness to get to God. We need a mediator. If he didn't come as fully man, that would not happen. This is why he must be fully man. I sent some light bulbs going off. Praise the Lord. Number four, to be our example. He came to be our example. The fact that Christ came as man, it gives us something, better yet, someone to fix our eyes on. Hebrews 12. It allows us to look to him. And here's one example, 1 Peter chapter 2. For this you've been called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you, and some of you are suffering right now. 
in many, many different ways, there's suffering going on. Jesus Christ was your example in this, that you might follow him and know that you're not alone. That because he suffered, he was an example for you, that you don't have to give up, that he is with you, he has saved you, he has loved you, and he will carry you through. That you might follow in his steps. He came to be our example. Fifthly, he came to be our first fruits. I love this. Our first fruits. Jesus Christ came as man incarnation. He died as man crucifixion and rose as man resurrection. Okay, listen to me. When he rises from the dead, he is fully man in his new resurrected body and the new resurrected body will never see death again ever. That is why he is called then our first fruits. First fruits is a farming term. A farmer brings the first handful of grain to say, here is the sample of the greater harvest that is to come. When Jesus Christ is raised from the dead in his new resurrected body, he is that handful of grain. He is the first fruits of the harvest that is to come. What's the harvest that is to come? Yeah, us believers in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ was raised to life from the dead, he defeated the grave, he defeated death altogether, he has victory over death. We are guaranteed of our harvest of perfection and righteousness and victory over death, and that is why we stand at a funeral service and we say, oh, death, where's your sting when it comes to a believer in Jesus Christ? Oh, death, where's your victory? Because our Savior has already defeated it. And so death physically becomes the beginning beginning of life eternally for the Savior, who's the first fruits, who has the harvest guaranteed in our lives. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I can't believe it's so amazing. Amen. 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 Here's proof. 1 Corinthians 15, but each in his own order. Christ the first fruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Hey, 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 don't live for your car, okay? Don't live for your paycheck. Don't, don't make that mistake, man. Live for glory. Live for him. Live for the one who is to come and take you with him to what is pure and awesome. Lastly, his humanity was necessary to be our sympathizer, our sympathizer. Okay, because he was fully man, ready? He's able to sympathize with a fallen and sinful world. Here's what you need to know. Here's what you need to know, loved ones. Just look right here for a second, ready? This is what's so key. Think of all that Jesus went through. Listen, he, he knows where you're at and he understands what you feel. Think of the life of Jesus Christ. Was Jesus Christ lonely? Yeah, he was at times. Was Jesus Christ betrayed? Worse than we've ever been. Was Jesus Christ inflicted and hurt? Ah, yeah. Did Jesus Christ, was he tempted to give up? Yes, yes, he was. Was Jesus Christ hated and scorned? I mean, he was ultimately, he was crucified. Just if you go through the life of Jesus Christ, think of how many different situations he was tempted, yet he did not sin. But the point of this is he can sympathize with you. And if he wasn't fully man, he would not be able to truly do that. Hebrews 4, this beautiful verse. For we do not have a high priest, Christ, we don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but rather we have one who in every respect, how many respects? Every, in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So that is why we draw near to him. This is why we draw near to the throne of grace that we might receive mercy and find help in our time. So, so take your hurt right now and look to your savior. Take your pain right now and you realize Jesus isn't like, well, I'll try to figure. Jesus knows, he absolutely knows more than you do the pain that you are in. 
And that's one of the reasons he came as man, so he could love us as God and man. It's, it's so beautiful. It's so amazing. It's what he wants to say to you today. He sympathizes with where you're at. He has been tempted in every way as we are, and yet without sin. This is why it is essential that Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man. Super quick, third point. My time is running out right here. Jesus Christ, his natures are distinct. His natures are united, okay? So, so fully God, fully man. Two natures, two natures, one person. Two natures, one person. This is where, again, this is where our brains hurt, okay? But this is what the Bible teaches. You cannot diminish either. Um, here are a few verses just to kind of stir your thinking. Um, Isaiah 9, verse 6. Unto us a child is born, unto us a a son is given. Child fully man, son fully God, okay? Uh, John chapter one, verse 14. And the word became flesh, fully man, and dwelt among us, fully man, and we have seen his glory, fully God. You see that? The word becomes flesh, fully man, but we've seen his glory, fully God, two natures, but in one person, in one person. Uh, here's the last scripture I want to uh, go over with you today. We're going to end with this one. It's so brilliant. I love it so much. Mark chapter four. You got to turn there, okay? You got to turn there. Force the person beside you to turn, all right? Don't let them not turn. Mark chapter four, verse 35. Got our swords out. We're going to end with this right here. We're ending with this right here. Mark chapter four, verse 35. Mark chapter four, verse 35. See if you can see our message today in this text. Mark four thirty-five. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing, that we are dying? And he awoke, and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who is this guy? Who is this man that even the wind and the sea obey him? Can you see our, our truth in this, in this passage right here? No way. Eh? Okay, let me help you with that, all right? Let me help you with that, right? Notice, notice, notice. He says, get in the boat. They're in the boat. Here comes the storm and the big waves. What is Jesus doing? He is sleeping. Why is he sleeping? Because he's tired. Fully man. What happens? Jesus awake. We're dying, we're dying. Jesus awakes and what does he does? He says, peace, be still. Everything goes. I love my kids. What's that? Fully God. At the same time, two natures, one person in the boat. He's sleeping because he's tired. But at the same time, he's omnipotent. He's omniscient. And he wakes up and he's like, enough with this. Be peace, be calm. Everything obeys him because there's one person ever who can claim what he claims as being fully God and fully man here for us because he loves us. This is why we worship him so. This is our Savior, Jesus Christ. That is so awesome. That is so glorious. Amen. Let me ask you, let me ask you, do you love him? Do you love him more than when you devote an hour ago? That's the point of doctrine. A lot of stuff, your loved ones, you take this with you. Again, the round table this week, there's so much I could not say, all right? And I said a lot. Listen in this, we learn together, we grow together because listen, we love together. 
Hey, Living the Light listeners, listen, you've heard of Black Friday. You probably heard of Cyber Monday. But have you heard of Giving Tuesday? That's a time again for people who are fired up about ministries like Live in the Light to give on Tuesday, November 29th to again ministries like ours to see the gospel continue to go forward and lives to be changed through the revelation of God's truth. Did you know that we are kept on the air on this station 100% by generous donors like yourselves? It's so true. We are dependent on you and the support and prayer again of our listeners to continue to see these messages go out and we pray reach so many people again for the Lord Jesus Christ. And this year we're excited to say we had a special donor step up and they are willing again to match gifts up to $25,000. They're going to match again all donations up to that amount towards living the light in this giving season. So hey, maybe right now you you would consider being used of the Lord to uh, see how you can be used to give generously, to live in the light that will continue to reach people again. A donor is going to match up to $25,000. We're so thankful for that donor and thankful for you for considering being used in this way at this time to see light shine in the darkness and to see those again without hope to find the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. Bless you all for prayerfully considering such things. Join us again tomorrow for more Bible teaching from Robbie Simons on Live in the Light.